Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Middle of the week. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. And of course, on your Supertalk Mississippi radio station, whether you are in DeSoto County or Jackson County or LaFleur County, we've got you covered all across the state of Mississippi. Thanks for being with us alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Check them out online at pearlriverresort.com to learn more. That's pearlriverresort.com. Joey Bosa, uh, I'm sorry, not Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa just got a new deal from the 49ers. Have you guys seen this? Yeah. Five-year, $170 million extension. How about that on the eve of the start of a new season? Is he the best player? Is he the best defensive player in the NFL? No. Definitively no? I I, I would say no. You can make the case. Who's yours? You can make a case. I would say it's either Aaron Donald or, or uh, Chris Jones. Okay. Can you affect the game as much from a defensive line position? I mean, didn't I mean, Chris Jones lead the league in sacks just this season ago? Two seasons ago? Yeah, he's, he's really good. Is he going to play Thursday? Yeah. No. Oh, what? That's, that's the other. That's. It, it, but now, but on that on that note, he may not be, he may not be the best player in the game because he might not be in the game. He's leaving a lot of money on the table, but at the same time, uh, reportedly now in these holdouts in these negotiations, both sides leak stuff that isn't exactly true. But he's not asking for number one money; he's asking for number two money. He doesn't want to reset the market. Aaron Donald is just so above everybody else, he wants to, reportedly, come in right behind him. But that also means that he's got to get paid by a lot more than every other defensive tackle in the league. But if you're Kansas City, 
if he's not trying to reset the market, you really want to do this to this guy? I don't know if that answer is yes. Dominating defensive tackles, and he's more than that. He gets to the quarterback, they move him around. When you have one this good, and he's not asking you to reset the market, how much hardball do you actually want to play with him? I don't know. But they, they seem to be playing hardball. And maybe Chris Jones has got enough money socked away that he feels like he can really wait. He uh, he was at an event earlier today, um, what, in Kansas City. It was a Ronald McDonald House of Kansas City charity event. He spoke to reporters and said, I can't really talk about it. Hopefully it gets worked out. It's always been my goal to be a Kansas City chief for life. I've said that multiple times on social media platforms, from interviews, and they know where my position is at. Hopefully... We can get something worked out for the long term. If a deal gets done, I can be out there tomorrow. Andy Reid yesterday said there was no progress in talks with Chris Jones, who has one season left on the four-year deal that he signed in 2020, and that was a four-year $80 million deal, paying him an average of $20 million a year. Uh, Chris Jones in terms of whether or not he has let his teammates down, how have I let them down? It's just like when you're at your job and you ask for an extension, you ask for a raise. You're not letting anyone down. Who are you letting down for asking your boss for a raise? So when you take the personal feelings out of it, you kind of get it. All I'm doing is asking for a raise. Um, Is that the right way to answer that question? Because the fact of the matter is well, he is letting his teammates down when he is one of the yeah. single most dominant players in the National Football League today, and he's not part of the team. So, yes, he is letting his teammates down, but in most of these situations, teammates don't get mad at guys for doing this. Fans get mad right. about it. Fans get big mad about it. But generally speaking, teammates don't get mad about it. No, they support it. Yeah. You know, if, if if one of us was holding out for more money, yeah, the other two have to do more work, but I think we would support you. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think so. Mm. And so. I say that to announce, no, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I, I, I get it. You know, especially if there was, like, some sort of reason for it, right? If all of a sudden... You know the 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 salary for the average sports radio producer jumped up, it tripled. You know, then then you know it makes sense for Borky to go and say, "Hey, this is what the going rate is." Yeah, I get it. And 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 then that's where your employer is left to say, "Well, I would encourage you to go get the going rate somewhere else," or yeah. they say, "Well, let's see if we can work something out." Borky's being traded to ESPN Charlotte. He's going to host a show where he uh, talks about Clemson nonstop. Oh, they don't do that there. Oh, they don't? Oh, no. Not too, too, that's, too far. Is, that, is, that all, is it all pro? Yeah. I got you. I got you. They don't uh, even talk about North Carolina there. That's a pro market. Yeah. You can talk about how bad the Panthers' offensive line is going to be day after day. We get a message here that says, no, if I go to my boss and I tell him or her that I'm not coming to work until I get a raise, then I will be fired. And, I mean, yeah, that's... 
That's really well, not how it you, works more. Are you Chris? You have world. a if you have a if you have a contract, and then they say well, we're fired. Okay, well then you have to pay out my contract. You know, but I'd probably skip down the street if I was going to get a year's a couple years salary for not doing anything. Here's the issue with that analogy. Are you the best at what you do in the in the world? I am. I am the best. That, that, that's the issue with it. Are you the best at what you do in the world? Because you can make an argument now that Chris Jones is the best at what he does in the world. And if the Chiefs don't want to pay him, uh, the New Orleans Saints will. I promise. If Chris Jones becomes a free agent, I can tell you who's going to be on the phone. <laughs> they, they, they will they will renegotiate every contract Everyone. on the roster. Everybody's getting a new signing bonus because we've got to get Chris Jones. So so that's the difference. Well, I, I can't do that. No, you can't because you're not the best. The best doctor in the world can do whatever he wants. Yes, if 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 you are the single best cardiothoracic surgeon on planet Earth, or let's even say you're in the top five. Then Is that a heart surgeon? I don't know what that does. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, then you can. I knew what cardio was. Y- you can negotiate. Hey, hey, Dad, I mean, I would argue that in a, a in a very narrow <laughs> of of the people who host podcasts that are dedicated specifically to Mississippi State athletics and nothing else. Best in the world. Right here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Specifically to Mississippi State athletics, with certain yes. days when wrestling is tied into the conversation, yes, you are the best 100%. in the world at that. Best in the world. Very rarely that I get put into a narrow uh, thing, so I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. It's like the uh, like the kids that wore slim jeans versus the kids that were wore husky sized jeans. I wouldn't know anything about that. I was a husky kid, you know. Yeah. Hey, uh, the the C Spire text yes. line. Is open to yes. you at 601-879-4395. Have you, you heard about the uh, the new plan from Ceasefire? It's the Connect and Protect plan. It's the phone that your kids want with easy-to-use parental controls for you. That means you can keep up with what they're doing and where they are and whether or not they are being safe online. It's just $30 a month with auto pay. Learn more at ceasefire.com, Ceasefire. Customer inspired. The NFL season does begin tomorrow. Borky, we're down to our very, almost down to our last number. We only have two numbers remaining. And no Travis Kelsey. That is correct. Buddy, if, uh, and now everybody loves the Lions in this game tomorrow, the Chiefs are going to win. Patrick Mahomes in season openers is basically flawless, dating back to 2019, I think, or 2018. He is basically a perfect quarterback in season openers, which, you know, he's basically a perfect quarterback every week. But yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, pretty good. No Kelsey, no Jones. Uh, the public loves the Lions, though. What a compelling game that we get introduced to tomorrow. Does that mean that the uh, the smart money will be on Kansas City still? It sounds like it. But, man, this Kelsey injury, you know what's interesting? He's Gronk's age. How much juice does he have left in the tank? He's the best at what he does. Speaking of being the best in the world, he's the best at what he does. But, man. He is the best at what he does. I feel like he went a little more over the top this offseason and into camp. 
Does Kelsey need to throttle it back just a touch and just like go keep being the best at what he does? I don't know. We're back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry. Poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. With you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601 879 4395. The NFL season begins tomorrow night, 720 kickoff on NBC with the Lions and the Chiefs on Sunday. Panthers at Falcons. Bengals at Browns, Jags at Colts, Bucks at Vikings, Titans at Saints. Let's go on CBS. Uh, Your boy's going to be in attendance for that one. Are you going? Yeah, that's why I'm going down to New Orleans. Haven't I told you that uh, that I'm spending? Yeah, we're leaving Saturday. My group's going to go to Ole Miss Tulane. I'm going to do work. Around the old Miss Tulane game, they're going to get drunk and party and hang out in the stands. I'm I'm going to do work and you know post game podcast and all that stuff, the stuff I usually do. And then when that's over, we're going to meet up, watch football all night. Hold on a second, hold on a second. You're going to New Orleans while Ole Miss is playing against Tulane in New Orleans and not going to the game. Uh, couldn't the the press box is too small to get a credential. And I've got. I have to do work. I mean, like it, game day is is a work day for me. I've I have to do. I have to manage our social media accounts. And the second the game's over, I have to do post game reaction for the Rebel Report podcast. Little known, uh, little known podcast out there focuses on Ole Miss sports. Like never gets mentioned on this show ever. But if you're an Ole Miss fan and you want Ole Miss only. Rebel Report, wherever you get them, subscribe there. And that, ha- that you know, for maximum audience retention, has to be done, like, right after the game. I, w- I would have gone Let me interrupt and- just for a second. Mr. Shea, do you want to go to the game or not? No, I, 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 I can't. Okay. I have to No, I'm, like, I'm telling you, do you want to go to the game or not? I can get you into the game. Like, as you were talking, I got a message from someone that said, we can get him in. If I can work there, if I if it's in a media capacity, yes. If it's just to sit in the stands with a ticket and a beer, no, because I have work to do around football games. So, okay. so if if it's in a work capacity, yes, I would absolutely much rather be doing that within the confines of the place. It just adds legitimacy to what you're doing. I I, I think we can take care of that. Well then, I can, I can help you sometimes. Well then, All there you we go. Do is ask. But anyway, I didn't know you were going to New Orleans. Yeah, I, I can't believe I didn't tell you about that. Yeah, we're uh, 
I can get you, I can get you an any Mississippi State game you want to watch. You know, we have uh, plenty it, of room in the press box. It, this isn't they, an old Miss. If they can problem. credential eight people from twenty four seven sports, we can certainly get two from yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. It's not an old Miss problem. It's it's a Yulman Stadium problem, tiny. Um, so were you about to go on a West Rucker kind of rant there? Oh, about no, you don't have no. a chair. And... They they don't need it. They they, they don't need a massive <laughs> press box. That apparently the venue's awesome. All good. Like it's not an anti-Tulane thing. They are jacked up about this game down there. Um, but yeah, the next day, going to see Saints Titans from uh, way up high. But that's okay. Let's put it this way: you have to know who plays what position to know who's making tackles because you can't read jersey numbers from where we're sitting. But we're still going to be in there. There you go. That's all that matters. You, you can still hear when the uh, when the guy goes out to the middle of the field and he goes, "That's right, who that?" And then everybody goes nuts. And man, oh, and man. we're gonna we're gonna be up there raising hell like like they can hear us, and they probably can't. But we're, we're we are so close that we could reach back and touch. We got, we got to stretch a little, but if they're the same seats that that we were in a few years ago, we will be able to touch the back of the. Venue, like we're up there. You, you guys know that I'm not a huge NFL guy, but I am an event guy. Like I've always loved big events, and getting to go to the season opener for the Saints a few years ago, it was it was Monday Night Football, right? Pretty sure Monday it was. Night Football when they opened against yeah, Houston it was, a few yes. years yep. ago. Oh man, that was cool. There's so much buzz that surrounds the season opener, and um, that was that was really really neat. So, um, new- newly renovated as well. They're not done yet. They've got another off season, but put half a billion dollars into the place. That's uh, that's a lot of money. Didn't go as far as it used to. No, no. Uh, so, You're- Titans and Saints at noon on CBS. 49ers and Steelers at noon on Fox. I would imagine a lot of people will watch that game. It's two pretty big brands in the NFL. Uh, the air. In the Commanders is Clayton Toon, who a year ago was spinning the football at the University of Houston in the American Conference, going to start the season opener for the Arizona Cardinals? Is it going to happen? I think I saw where where Toon is the backup. Josh Jobs will start week one, but they okay. will monitor back well, and they, forth. Okay, they've, they've made that announcement then like since lunchtime, because I was reading a story earlier yes, today. Yes, it, well, still... it was like an hour or so ago, yes. Okay, there you go. Uh, Texans Ravens CJ Stroud on the road in Baltimore in his debut. Welcome to the NFL, CJ. Packers at Bears. Okay, this is the beginning of a new era for the Green Bay Packers. I think I would pay. And I'm, I'm sorry if my buddy Stefan is listening, but I think I would pay a hundred bucks for Jordan Love to score a rushing touchdown and do the discount double check. Ooh. And just let you just look at look at the camera and go. Nothing changes. Yeah, you know? mm. the show goes on. We hope a lot changes because we're in Lambo in like three weeks. But hey, last time we played the Packers, we won. Sweet crap! In Raiders, Jacksonville, Raiders at Broncos. You know how much I bled for that team. You know what I've suffered through. I should say we. Do you see what Sean Payton uh, said to Russell Wilson recently? Stop kissing you babies. You're not a politician. Yeah, you, stop kissing babies. You're not a politician. Be you. 
whatever this is, stop doing this because it's not you. I love, I love Sean Payton so much. <laughs> Just he does not care. There's an article though that came out uh, on him at ESPN, a deep dive. Uh, most coaches are paranoid, and Payton's kind of a jerk anyway. He can he treated a concussion doctor. That, like, you know, they've got head doctors on all NFL sidelines because if there's a big hit, they want somebody that is an expert to handle it right away. Sometimes called neurologists, but... But the, the language doctors. that was used in the article was a concussion doctor. Uh, for a year and a half, Sean Payton wouldn't talk to him and would stare at him for periods of time because he thought he was a league spy. Imagine mid-game during a timeout, he just turns and just stares a hole in the head doctor. That's on what the he sideline. would do. And so it took him 18 months, they said, to figure out that. Oh, wait, actually, you know, he's he a doctor. For us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Frisk Eagles, him. He's wearing a wire. Eagles at Patriots. Patriots, the new home for Matt Corral. Oh, yeah, Is he that's in the right. 53, man? Has to be. Yes. For three weeks. Has to be. What a what a potentially great spot for him. And, and I feel uh, like Mac Jones is on kind of a short leash. I mean, didn't play particularly well last year and also created some internal strife between coach and quarterback. And if you don't play well and also you are publicly speaking negatively about your coach, and that coach happens to be Bill Belichick, you got a really small leash. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Jalen Carter with the Eagles. Discuss. Do you hate that pick? No. Because I don't hate that pick. It's not a terrible pick, no. Okay. Just so won it last year. Was it Sauce? I think that's uh, right. Sauce Gardner? Yeah. The University of Cincinnati? Yeah. Uh, a couple of others. A couple of others on, uh, on Sunday. Dolphins at Chargers? I mean, that should be an exciting game. Tua is not still suffering from concussion symptoms, right? He's he's fully. Did the head doctor say he was good to go? Yeah, he's fine. Ain't no problems whatsoever. Uh, Rams at Seahawks. The the Rams then... are being punished for going all in to win that Super Bowl, and buddy, they won the Super Bowl. Why you do it? Yeah, it doesn't matter if you get punished if you win the Super Bowl. The, but, the window is small. You better take advantage when you've got the window. Sunday night football on NBC. Cowboys at Giants. As it should be on the opening weekend of the regular season. Yeah. I mean, 50, uh, maybe not 50 million. 35. 40. 35 to 40 million people will watch that game. And then in the exact same stadium, 24 hours later, Bills Jets Monday Night Football on September 11th. Ah, uh-huh. and a lot of people won't be able to watch that if Spectrum doesn't figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll get into that conversation. the uh, The television numbers were good, but this past weekend, we'll talk when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi.
coming up this afternoon. John Harris will join us at uh, 4 o'clock. A couple of segments. We'll kind of preview the NFL season with John. And then uh, in the uh, the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to preview the Arizona Wildcats. And we will do that with, uh, is it Jason Shear? Hey, Dan, is that right? Yes, yes that's Jason correct. Shear, who uh, covers Arizona at their 24-7 sports website. So uh, look forward to that. Coming up on the Farm Bureau guest line. So here we go. Uh, Chase and Columbus going back to the negotiating conversation. Different rules apply to you when you generate someone millions of dollars, and people just don't understand that. Right or wrong, like it or not, it's just different. Yeah, I mean, if you are the most successful salesperson, not just at your company, but in an industry, then you are able to take liberties that other salespeople are not. Just, just the truth. Even within a company, if you are the entry-level salesperson who has been there for six weeks and just finished your first sale, congratulations, and there is a senior-level salesperson who's got a $5 million book of business, they can do things that you can't do. It's just how it works. And Chris Jones is in that, that spot. He's, he's generating a lot of revenue. Um, let's see here. That's like going to New Orleans and not going to a gentleman's club. If that's your thing. that That's also not something that I will be doing this weekend. Yeah, I hear you. Um, Bubba and Meridian said, take the tickets. And it wasn't tickets. It was, it was, we were talking about a media pass. Uh, Adam and Monticello says, hey, Dad, if you need an intern, I have a couple of games I'd like to go to. I mean, if you're willing to sit in the press box, not make any noise, and work, we can talk. Carry your bag. Go get you a. You will be carrying my Coke bag. Zero you will be going to get my my Coke Zeros. Yes, yeah, so those are the kind of things that are going to happen. Yeah. Um, doesn't Cross have an all access? No, no. Richard does not have an all access pass to road games for Ole Miss football. No, I do not. And you don't really get to share those if you do. Not how it works. Uh, another request. Hey, Dad, can you get Dylan from DeSoto in? <laughs> yeah, like I said. Yes. All right. So the uh, the opening weekend of the college football season drew drew big numbers. Most watched game of the weekend was LSU Florida State, as you would expect on Sunday night. Nine point one six five million viewers. Second most watched game of the weekend, Colorado TCU. That was kind of the first game that grabbed everybody's attention. It was the the noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central kickoff on Fox. 7,262,000 viewers. That's a lot for that window. Like, Ohio State-Michigan will do more than that at the end of the year. What will it do, Borky? 12 million? Something like that. Uh, Maybe even more. Uh, But, yeah, depending on what their records are and whatnot. Ohio State, Indiana did four and a half million. I think that tells you just how big of a draw Ohio State is and how many Big Ten fans there are because that game was borderline unwatchable. West Virginia, Penn State, three and a half million. Nebraska, Minnesota on Thursday night, also on Fox, did three and a half million. There's Here's a trend kinda, here, by the way. Yep, yep, there is. This is the one that kind of grabs me and goes, wait. Something's wrong here. 
North Carolina, South Carolina did $3.4 million. That was the only game of note on Saturday night, and it was in the primetime slot on ESPN. So, what's the story here? Have you heard about the cable carriage dispute between Spectrum and Disney? Spectrum is one of the largest cable providers in all the land. Disney, of course, is the parent company of ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, SEC Network, etc., etc., etc. Spectrum is owned by Charter Communications, which was originally founded in St. Louis, but is now headquartered in Stamford, Connecticut. These are the markets, loosely, that Spectrum services in terms of cable. San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Birmingham, Montgomery, Huntsville, Tampa, Orlando, the entire state of North Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina, Cincinnati, Lexington, St. Louis, almost all of Ohio, all of New York, much of Michigan, all of Wisconsin, much of the upper Midwest, Los Angeles, Northern California, Yakima, Washington. Like massive markets all over the country. Some of the biggest college Yakima football market viewing markets. Is, Say what? That Yakima market is just that's that's a that's a game changer. Yakima's not Seattle though. No, it's not. Yeah, Seattle's like northwest Washington. Anyway. I just was kind of growing through, and that's the last one I scrolled over. Hey, Dad, I realized that, that that's not the same as Dallas and Austin and Greenville, South Carolina. I understand. You know, you and, don't hear enough about Yakima these days, though. And, good, and good also, people the also all of those people who have Spectrum as their internet provider, your streaming was blocked out on the Watch ESPN or whatever platforms. And, oh, by the way, a lot of hotel chains, regardless of whether or not the property is in one of those markets, uses Spectrum for their hotel television service. Ask me how I know. (laughs) Ask me how I know. And so North Carolina, South Carolina, with the entire state of North Carolina and the biggest markets in South Carolina blacked out, did 3.4 million viewers. Imagine. That number probably would have doubled. Yeah. Certainly would have been in the five and a half to six range, if not higher. Um, it's insanity, though. And, and so, Virginia, Tennessee, straight out of college game day. Straight out of college game day. Less than two and a half million viewers. Yeah. And that tells you all you need to know. College game day was down almost 20%. Big noon kickoff was up, I think, at or over 20%. Colorado TCU would have been a draw anyway, but it was especially one, I mean, the best week one they've ever done. The fourth most watched Big 12 regular season game ever. Something like that. So you combined an interesting game with the fact that there were a lot of people that couldn't watch anything but that game. And and that's what you got with uh, Nebraska Minnesota as well because people couldn't watch Florida Utah, and 
I don't know how these cable companies think that people are going to be more loyal to them than their football. You could not possibly get a football fan to care about their cable provider more than their football team. There's absolutely no way you'll ever get to that point. And so when they put up on the screen that, oh, this is ESPN's fault, and if you, you know, if you want to watch ESPN, you have to complain to them here. No, what they're going to do is they're going to fire up YouTube TV, just download the app, and or then Fubo. cancel you. Or Fubo, or Hulu, or, or Seaspire TV. I for a while, <laughs> but I can't. Yeah. I can't advocate or for or against their or service. whatever you can get your hands on. They're, they're going to do that, and then they're, once they can get through the hours of waiting because everybody else is trying to cancel, they're going to get rid of you too. And so when this first started, people were writing columns that, oh, this is, this is bad for you. This is going to be the demise of ESPN. Uh-uh. Nope. You are not going to take football fans away from their football because of their loyalty to the cable companies. Those people that wrote all that stuff were way off. Way off. Hey, and, yeah. and, and here's the thing, right? So Spectrum says, we are protecting you, our customer. But it's not just Spectrum. It was YouTube TV last year. They had a negotiation with ESPN. They got it worked out fairly quickly. You know what happened shortly thereafter? YouTube raised their prices. You know what I did? Kept paying for YouTube TV. But, but, but think about it. So, so ESPN, Disney is, is holding the cards here because if, if you pay for your television, hey, Dad, you're a direct TV guy, right? You have been for a really long time. No. Is that right? No. No. Dish? No. That's completely inaccurate. No, I just have Metrocast. I have my okay. local cable provider. Okay. So, so you go local cable and you get a bill every month and you pay your bill. But in exchange for paying your bill, you expect to be able to watch the things that you want to watch. And as loyal as you have been to Metrocast for a really long time, if there is a Saints game or a Mississippi State game or a national championship game or otherwise that you want to watch, when you pick up your remote and you press and there's a message on there that says, we are trying to protect you, your response is, no, I pay you to be able to watch the things I want to watch. If it costs me a little bit more, bill me. I'll pay my bill. But you know what? I think I know you well enough to say, if you don't give me the program I want, I'll just go to somebody that will. You are accurate. And it's going to take me about that long to make the change. We'll be back. Okay. Let's go. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week. We will get into some college football coming up as we uh, we move through the show this afternoon. I, I need to I need to discuss something with you guys. So Francis goes to uh, goes to Bramlett. It's the the elementary school where they have pre K and kindergarten and first grade. Or maybe it's just kindergarten. It's just kindergarten and first grade now. They they move things around. So they just finished a renovation to the school, and part of the renovation was figuring out a better traffic flow situation. 
And the first day of school, it was it was a disaster. But the school district immediately responded, and they got a traffic flow situation that is the best it has ever been. So the way it's set up, there's kind of a, a U-shaped driveway in the front of the school, and then there's, we'll just call it another U-shaped driveway that runs around to the back of the school. So it, it's two lanes that goes up the hill. And if you're in kindergarten, you split off to the left, and you drop your kindergartners off at the front. If you're in first grade, you go around behind the school, and you drop your kids off at the back, and they've got teachers there to unload them. So as you go around behind the school, as part of this this new construction they did, the, it, it's two lanes, and it merges to a single lane as you're getting near the drop-off slash pickup area. And the principal, on like the first or second day of school, sent out very clear instructions that, hey, you use both lanes, and then you merge one car in, the next car in, you know, whatever, as you go to the pickup area. So, for whatever reason, nobody uses the right lane. Nobody uses the right lane. So, everybody gets in the left lane, and so it might be 30, 40, 60 cars deep. And you've got the right lane that's wide open. Well, I've just decided that I'm going to follow the instructions that they have asked. And so, what do I do? I get in the right lane, and I drive past the 30 or 40 or 50 cars, and you get these looks as you're driving past people. And then and then you get to the point where you're supposed to merge, and that's when you get the steely-eyed people that have hands at 10 and 2 staring straight ahead, and they refuse to make eye contact. But it's in the name of, I will not let this person who just went around all of these other cars cut in front of me. Despite the fact that the school has said, these are the directions for how to use these two lanes. So the question is, am I a jerk or are they dumb? You know, one thing we like to say on this show is that two things can be true at the same time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think they're dumb. I I just, like, I, I do not understand it. And here's the crazy thing in the afternoons when, when you're doing pickup, there will be a teacher out there who's kind of saying, all right, right lane go, left lane go, right lane go, left lane go. And it's just like, what, what do you not understand about this concept? It's one of those things that, that is almost flawless if you just operate the way that it's supposed to go. And yet, I mean, I, mean, I, I just, I can't imagine, you know what? There's this right lane that's wide open and I'm 40 cars back. But I'm going to sit in the left lane. I mean, it, I, I like it's it's the most mind-boggling thing. But I mean, it's really funny, and it's almost turned into a game. For me, it's like I'm I'm I, even if there are only like twelve cars in the left lane, I'm going to get in the right lane and go. We're just going to merge when it's my turn. It's it's the funniest thing. Yeah, if that's what they're asking you to do, that's fine. I'm one of those people, though, that if they're, uh, if you're driving on the interstate and there's an accident mm-hmm. and you see the lights and you see the police cars and the fire truck or whatever and everybody's moving over when you see them and there's that one guy that just drives all the way up as close to the accident as he can get and then tries to force his way in, I don't let him in, ever. I'd never do that. Wow. No. I remember I was in a, 
I twenty once, and there was just, there was a wreck. So we're all just sitting there, and this guy decides he's gonna he, he took the shoulder. He's going on up, and finally that's a problem. He, he know that's illegal. I know. So he you know we I, I get to where he is, and he starts trying to get his way in. Uh uh-uh. uh So I start yeah I just start creeping up. Won't let him in, and then the woman behind me sees. She starts creeping up. Won't let him in. I just turn around. I give her the fist pump. She looks at me. She goes. She goes, we're the fist bump. I was like, same team, let's go. All right, all right. So, no so chance throw, he's getting in. Let me throw another one at you, okay? Yeah. So you are in a lane merging situation, right? You're on a three-lane yeah. highway that is merging to two. And okay. you know, half a mile back before you merge, people start merging. And it leaves the right mm-hmm. lane wide open for another half mile. I'm going to stay going. in the right lane, and I'm going to merge at the last second. And just, but, but if you do it right, you can do it without impeding the flow of traffic. As long as you're not impeding the flow of traffic, you're fine. If you're the guy who's like making people stop so you can merge, I don't like that. Yeah, I get that. I, I, I get that. I just driving. I mean, people struggle with roundabouts. People struggle with four-way stops. People struggle with two-way stops. Yeah. Okay. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. What happened? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Four o'clock hour. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. No more traffic pattern talk, I promise. I just thought that was something that we should talk about for a minute. Good to be with you. Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. You want to be part of the conversation, you can join us. Ceasefire text line is open at 601-879-4395. But right now, we go to one of our favorites, John Harris, he joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. You can uh, you can hear John on the radio with Houston Texans broadcasts and other Houston Texans events um, in in that market. And you can check out his website, footballtakeover.com, which is uh, newly revamped with more information than ever before and a lot of college football stuff that is on there. John, we are on the eve of the launch of the uh, 2023 NFL season, so uh, I guess happy Christmas Eve uh, leading up to <laughs> tomorrow night's game. Always good to catch up with you. What's up, buddy? Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been crazy um, getting here. It feels like it takes – each year it feels like it takes longer and longer to get here, but, you know, real football tomorrow with the Chiefs and Lions will be fun. Yeah, I mean – NFL, you know, look, the, the product early on in the year sometimes can be a little ragged as teams kind of work their way into it, but it's the NFL, man. And now you got full weekends of CFB and NFL. I mean, come on, man. I don't know that it gets much better than that. I, I always challenge people in Houston to the extent that you can. Get out to a get out to a high school game Friday night. Get out to a college game Saturday. Um, and then if you can't get out to an NFL game, man, go ahead. Do, do the triple play over the weekend, man, because – you get to February and you're wondering what the heck am I going to do at this point? And look, live golf and PGA golf are only going to take you so far. That's uh, that is fair. Uh, that's fair. I, I happen to enjoy the PGA side of things, but you're right. It's a it's a little bit different 
uh, than than this time of year. We were talking earlier about the uh, the Chris Jones situation in uh, in Kansas City, and the idea was players don't necessarily begrudge Chris Jones for getting what he can get because they want to do the same thing uh, when their time comes. But fans certainly do because fans look at guys that are making so much money playing a game and don't necessarily take into the to the business side of it. It, it. It's weird because more times than not, fans side with billionaire owners more than they side with millionaire players, which is, I don't know, kind of hard to wrap our minds around. But as fans, we want to see our players and our teams on the field, and we don't really care how it gets there. How does this Chris Jones situation play out? in Kansas City in your mind? You know, Richard, I've seen both ends of this, to be honest. Uh, I've seen uh, a contract signed and contracts signed, I mean, in days leading up to the game to get somebody back, get an extension done, whatever the case might be. I've also seen the other side of this, which is a guy that dug his heels in and said, I'm not doing it. And I'm only coming back when they force me to via the CBA, which is week eight. And that happened in 2017 for us with Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown was a Pro Bowl tackle. He had two years left on his contract, and he wanted the Texans, essentially he wanted the Texans to guarantee the last two years of the deal. And at the time, general manager Rick Smith, the thought was, look, in Houston, we do not discuss contracts until you have one year left, and then we'll talk about it. And the the Texans and Rick Smith wouldn't budge. And then Dwayne Brown said, well, I'm not budging either. And so before you know it, we got a rookie quarterback we're trying to install. And week eight comes around, and now he's got to come back so he doesn't lose a year. He plays in Seattle. Two days later, after coming back, he goes back to Seattle in a trade. So if you let hard feelings get into this, and I think that's the one thing that Chris Jones is trying to say. Um, you know, he was at a McDonald's event or something like that and talked about, look, you know, it's business. And the way that I I pitch it to fans is this no matter what your occupation is no matter what it is if you know that there are two or three people in your occupation that are making more money than you getting more acclaim than you frustrates you right so it's all relative it's just that in our jobs we don't make what these guys make but if you're chris jones you're sitting at home and you see dexter lawrence get a deal you see jeffrey simmons get paid um there's one other guy that got paid on the interior. Then today you see Nick Bosa get $34 million a year. Now they're different positions, but you're seeing all this happen and you know, you're the straw stirring a drink in Kansas city. It's all relative. If I knew all that was happening, like in my job in the city of Houston, if I knew there were four or five other people that were doing Texans work, nowhere near what I could do and making way more. Yeah. I'd be upset too. So it's all relative. So think about your occupation you know you'd be upset if somebody else was making more than you and you knew, you knew in your heart you were better than them. That's that's when I hear fans go, well, okay, that kind of makes sense. But you signed a contract. Well, listen, here's the old dirty secret about the NFL. That contract that's, that's written means virtually nothing. Patrick Mahomes signed a contract for 10 years of $500 million. Everybody said, don't worry, your five will tear it up. We're five will tear it up and we're getting close to year five. And yeah. it's probably about time uh, to do that contract up because Joe Burrow's about to get a big one. Um, and Mahomes deserves more than anybody in the game. So there's a lot of really kind of tricky things. I've seen both sides of this. My we, guess we've already is, seen this year in your home state with Zach Martin saying, 
nope, I'm, I'm holding out. And the Cowboys are like, yeah. no, we're not doing anything. And they're like, we can't play without him. And so they did the deal. Yeah. Well, here's the thing with the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill wanted more money, and they said, no, we're okay. We got 15. We're good. And so they traded Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. And you know, I don't think Tyreek wanted to really leave Kansas City. Then they go win a championship without Tyreek Hill. And look, if the Chiefs can win a championship without Tyreek Hill, they probably can win without Chris Jones. But I've seen that defense at its best only when Chris Jones is on the field. But to get them to budge on that is going to be it's going to be difficult. I think this gets to the trade deadline. I think he sits out the the seven weeks or whatever that he's supposed to, unless they look at the Bosa deal and say, okay, now Bosa's getting paid. All these other guys are getting paid. Boy, we could lose him. Maybe there's a deal. Now, I did hear a rumor that Chris Jones and the Chiefs were sitting down to get something worked out. But I believe that when I see it. But I just think the Chiefs are that much better with him in the lineup. I don't know that it's going to have the same impact if Tyreek's gone. That Chiefs defense has really not got any other elite players. So if there's no Chris Jones, there'll be track meets every week. Now, the track meets, the Chiefs can win, but there'll be track meets every week. Jones changes the game for them for sure. Yeah, visiting with John Harris, footballtakeover.com, part of the Houston Texans radio network. Different franchises have different philosophies about rookie quarterbacks, right? You, you think about the Giants when they drafted Eli Manning, and he sat behind Kurt Warner for a while, and then they brought him in mid-year. Peyton Manning, for example, played from the get-go in, in, in uh, Indianapolis and just kind of took his lumps along the way. Aaron Rodgers sat for like two and a half years behind Brett Favre before before he turns in to what he's turned in. We've got a bunch of rookie quarterbacks this year that are going to play, and they're going to play right out of the gate. Of those rookie quarterbacks, whether you're talking about Bryce Young in Carolina or Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis or C.J. Stroud in Houston, who's going to have the most success? Well, part of it is how do you define success? Um, if it's if it's winning games, I think Bryce probably has the best roster to do that, except his offensive line it's is terrible. Garbage. Offensive now, line though. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and I don't know if his receivers are all banged up, but it sounds like they are. That could be that could be trouble. I don't believe in the Colts because if Jonathan Taylor's not playing for them, I mean, you could you could forget it. Which brings it brings it to us. We don't have the skill players around just yet to surround CJ. We don't have that just yet. Like we got some decent guys, but we don't have. Guy, we don't have Justin Jefferson, Dyree Kill. We don't have a guy like that. We don't have a DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so I think that's what we're lacking. And now we've lost Titus Howard for the first four weeks. We just paid him. Uh, Juice Scruggs was going to be our starting center. We lost him for four weeks. So you know, the offensive line is kind of taking taking some shots. But in weeks four, five, six, I think that offensive line, the theory of how they put that together was right because they were going to protect CJ. Now they got to get him some weapons. I think that's next year. But I think there's a good chance that it's either, well, I would say it's Bryce or CJ. Richardson falls in the same category. I'm just not a believer in the Colts without Jonathan Taylor because those divisions play each other. NFC South, AFC South all play each other. So I know the NFC South is looking at us going, well, we play the AFC South. We got four wins. We're looking at the NFC South going, well, we play them. We got four wins. So they're going to kind of knock each other off. I think it's going to end up being Bryce or CJ. And if the offensive line can hold up here without Howard uh, and Scruggs, we'll be pretty good when Howard and Scruggs come back. But we got to play the Ravens, 
the Colts, the Jags, the Steelers without those guys, and that's going to be rough. So that's why I give Bryce a little bit of a leg up. Um, he's also got a veteran head coach, too, Frank Wright. Frank's been around a little bit. He's seen some things. Um, and I do think that the pass-catching talent around Bryce is a little bit better uh, than what we have here and also what's in Indianapolis. But that offensive line could get Bryce killed, um, and that that would be a shame, and that shouldn't happen. I mean, they drafted Ike Kwanu in the first round you know, the year before. They got Taylor Moten. I mean, they've got guys. I don't understand yeah. why that thing is breaking down the way that it is. So if they can protect Bryce, it's Carolina. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. He's visiting with John Harris on the Farm Bureau guest line. We'll take a quick timeout. We're back in three minutes. We'll pick up the conversation, and we'll go rapid fire through the divisions in the NFL, and we'll get John to give us a winner of each division in the National Football League. That's when we come back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, in the Pearl River Resort Studio. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you, spending a few more minutes with our good friend John Harris at J. Harris Football on Twitter. His website is footballtakeover.com. He's an analyst with the Texans on the radio and television and at houstontexans.com. And uh, he is the sideline reporter for the Texans radio network as well. Uh, as I promised before the break, let's go uh, division by division, kind of rapid fire, and see if we can uh, pick a division winner in all of these but let me start out by asking you this, John. What is the best division in the NFL? And if you want to go AFC and NFC, that's fine. Uh, I actually think you could pick either of the East East divisions and be fine. Okay. I do think those two are pretty solid, AFC, NFC. East, very, I mean, stout. I think the best overall is probably AFC North. If Deshaun Watson, and I hope he doesn't because we have their draft pick this year, but if Deshaun gets back to playing the way that he did back in 2020, it's the AFC North, no doubt. Um, the Bengals, the Browns, the Steelers, and the Ravens. I mean, we faced the Ravens on Sunday, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Um, I'm just terrified of facing Lamar. But at least we get it out of the way week one. But there is no there is no weak sauce in that division, AFC North. Um, that's probably the best. But I think the East and the North and the AFC are very, very good, I think. In the NFC, really, to me, it's the NFC East. And we played those four teams last year, and they beat the absolute bejesus out of us. I mean, they are physical in that division. So it's probably the East and North in the AFC and then the East in the NFC. And a fun way to start uh, Sunday Night Football off with the uh, the Giants and the Cowboys. Division came on uh, the opening weekend. All right, let's start with the AFC side. AFC East, we're talking about it just a second ago. Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Patriots. Who's winning that division? I'm still rocking with the, the Bills. I do think that Josh Allen has to turn over a new leaf, i.e. do not run the ball as much. Um, I got a chance to see Miami up close. And if, you know, if the Panthers have a bad offensive line, Miami's kind of right there too. Um, so two has got to be protected. But my God, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waller are going to be scary. I would say Bills and then the Jets, you know, if Aaron Rodgers keeps it together, I just have a feeling at some point it's going to break down. It's just my hunch. Um, but man, that division is tough. I'm still rolling with the Bills. AFC North, you said maybe the most difficult in all of football, Steelers, Browns, Ravens, Bengals, as you mentioned, the Houston Texans on the road in Baltimore for uh, for week one. Yeah, Baltimore is my pick. Um, I've, been a, I've been a big Lamar guy for a while. Um, I thought coming out of college that 
he was going to be a guy that NFL teams would fear at some point just because he's so dynamic. I don't think he's as bad a passer as everybody says. That Ravens lineup has been together for a while, and you throw in Zay Flowers, and you throw in OBJ. I think the Ravens are going to be a tough out, man. This game Sunday I'm not looking forward to whatsoever. I'm excited about it. Don't get me wrong. And I think we'll compete. I just think that Ravens team is that good. I'm going with the Ravens over the Bengals in the north. All right, the AFC South, which is the home neighborhood for the Houston Texans. you got Trevor Lawrence in year three. The Titans look way different than they've looked in recent years, but there is still Derrick Henry. Uh, your, your club, the Texans, and the Colts, who are going to start Anthony Richardson, a rookie at quarterback. I don't want to say this is the easiest one. No, you don't want it to be. Uh, but right now, we got potentially, depending on what happens with Ryan Tannehill, um, you could have three starting rookie quarterbacks with Will Levis in Tennessee, Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis, and then CJ with us here in Houston. It's Jacksonville. As long as Trevor Lawrence is upright, um, I think it's got to be Jacksonville. And you throw in Calvin Ridley amongst those other receivers as well. I think Jacksonville is going to be a really tough out. We we got them week three in Jacksonville down in the heat, and that's going to be a that's going to be a rough afternoon for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, that's a tough assignment, and uh, they've turned into a really good team in that building. AFC West, Kansas City. So you got the Travis Kelsey thing going on, but you still got Mahomes, and they're the reigning Super Bowl champs. The Chargers love Justin Herbert. The Raiders start of a new era there at the quarterback position. And the Broncos, also with a start of a new era from the uh, the head coaching spot. I always want to pick the Chargers as a surprise team. I just, oh, it's this is the year, and the, it really never comes to fruition. And I'll put it this way. As long as 15's available for the Chiefs, it's a Chiefs division. And as long as he's healthy before every single year, I'll pick him every single year. Because what NFL teams didn't do was take advantage of Mahomes not really understanding football the first couple of years. He's just winging it. Now he's getting it. Now he understands the game, and he can throw the ball the way he does, and he's got the weapons he does. Forget it. Uh, it's 15. As long as he's healthy, you got to roll with the Chiefs. All right, we're on a good pace here. we got four divisions left. we got five minutes left. Uh, let's start in the NFC East. The Commanders, Washington. Uh, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. Of course, the Eagles so good a year ago with Jalen Hurts. And I, I said earlier today that I think Jalen Carter could very well be the defensive rookie of the year. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. What, what, what about the NFC East? I, I like the Giants a lot. And I think they're going to have a really good second year with Brian Dable. And I think he and Mike Kafka are going to have some offensive things that we haven't seen from them. And Darren Waller's added to the group. But it's hard to go against uh, my Houston homeboy, Jalen Hurts. As long as he's healthy, they've got so many weapons. You throw Jalen Carter in there, Jordan Davis is still there. I mean, that defense should be better. Changing coordinators on both sides, but I think, to me, it's still the Eagles. I think Eagles, Cowboys, Giants make the playoffs. I think three out of four come from that division. Whew. If we have time at the end, I'm going to ask you why the Cowboys picked up Trey Lance. Let's go to the NFC North. Packers, post Aaron Rodgers, the Lions, kind of a sexy pick for a lot of people, the Bears, and it just feels like the Vikings, they're just kind of there every year and in it, but uh, never quite getting over the hump. What about the NFC North? I'm going to go old school here. I'm going Packers. I know it sounds crazy. I know there's a lot of love around the Bears and Justin Fields, but until Justin Fields becomes a big-time passer, then I'm not going to buy it. Um, I know DJ Moore helps him at receiver, but I'm still not buying the Bears. So I'm going to roll with Jordan Love. He's a guy I really like coming out of Utah State. He finally gets an opportunity. He's sat. He's now got it. Um, now, he's got his receivers got to be healthy. And right now, Watson and Dobbs are not healthy, so we'll see how that plays out. But I think in the long haul, 
I am going to go with the Green Bay Packers and win that division. Nine and eight will win that division. So I'm going to Packers, nine and eight. Will nine and eight win the NFC South? And will it be anybody other than the Saints in there with the Bucks and the Falcons and the Panthers? Nine and eight will get it done, and it's going to be the Saints. I think that everybody would like to see the Falcons just because they're sexy on offense. Um, and I do think there are a couple pieces defensively, but, you know, Desmond Ritter's got a show. And I like Desmond Ritter, but, you know, if he can manage, you know, he can just drive the bus and, and make sure everybody's happy. The Falcons could be dangerous, but I still think that Saints lineup. I mean, we saw them preseason. We didn't even see any, everybody, um, yeah. either backups were pretty solid. So I'm going to go Saints to win a division. And, and by the way, Michael Borky and Brian Haydad have both already crowned the Saints as Super Bowl champions after a perfect regular season and a uh, run and a sad Mercury Morris. So yeah, seventeen and zero. Yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to figure out who are these everybody that wants to see the Falcons win. I, I want to know who those people are. <laughs> I don't know them. <laughs> yeah, I figured. I figured as such. Yeah, they live in Atlanta for the most part. So. Oh let's, no, I wouldn't go there. Let's finish up out west. The Cardinals. Um, I thought there was a chance that we were going to see Clayton Toon as the starter. I guess they announced Dobbs earlier today is going to be the guy. And then uh, Seattle and San Francisco and, and the Rams. That's a fun division. It is a fun division. So I, I like going out there and playing games out there, uh, but not this year. Arizona comes and plays us uh, in Houston. I think that's a 49ers division to, to lose. I mean, if Brock Purdy turns into a pumpkin then maybe they'll they'll go ask Sam Darnold to go on the field and do some things. And Sam did some good things at the end of last year with Carolina. But San Francisco's so I mean, they're so talented. I mean, be best left tackle in the game, best edge rusher in the game, arguably the best and most versatile running back in the game. I mean, it's all over best linebacker in the game, Fred Warner. It's just a matter of can Brock Purdy keep them on the track. And if he can, they'll win a division going away thirteen and four. I told you if we had time at the end, and we do, I, I would ask you this. Why, why did Dallas get Trey Lance? Because Jerry Jones likes to collect things. That's the simple answer. I mean, you're going to get a number three overall, former number three overall pick for peanuts in Jerry's mind. And you know what? Jerry's probably not um, opposed to Dak Prescott knowing what he did. Kind of, you know, Dak's got a contract coming up now. I wouldn't mess with Dak. I love Dak, but you know how owners, GMs can be. Yeah, you know, light a fire. You know, get this guy for a fifth rounder. Work with him a little bit. See what we got. Um, I thought it was a good move actually by the Cowboys to to be able to do that. Kind of hedge bets and see if you have something. The guy just has to play football. He's not taking many snaps in his life at quarterback. He just yeah. needs to play football. And you know, next preseason he'll get those reps uh, in 2024 and see what he can be in the future. John, an absolute pleasure. His website is footballtakeover.com. We obviously talked a bunch of NFL. There's a ton of college stuff on uh, footballtakeover.com. You can subscribe. Uh, it is very inexpensive, but great information. Check out the website. Always good to catch up, my friend. Thanks so much for your time. Absolutely, brother. And time, Richard. Take care, boys. We'll talk soon. That's uh, John Harris joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Let me see if I can remember his division winners. He went Buffalo in the AFC East, Ravens in the AFC North, Jaguars in the AFC South, Chiefs in the AFC West. How about NFC the Jags? East. A lot of yeah. expectations there this year. There are. Yeah, first time in a while, right? I mean, it's been a growth yeah. thing, and now it's a, a real thing. Uh, Eagles in the NFC East. Did he go Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, Commanders? Was that his order? 
Is that what he did? I think that's what he said. Oh, yeah. um, Stuck with Green Bay in the north, Saints in the south, and the Niners out west on the NFC and side. The Good in NFL south. conversation. And the Saints in the south. With John Harris. Saints in the south. You can join us on the ceasefire text line. We're back right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Glad to be with you on this Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week. We are halfway to another college football Saturday. Mississippi State hosting Arizona on Saturday night in Starkville. Ole Miss on the road against Tulane. Going to play on uh, on Saturday afternoon. We looked at the weather in Starkville yesterday. I have not looked at the weather in Tulane. Borky, have, have you checked out New Orleans weather? It's going to be hot. I mean, I would assume so. Uh, like, Saturday, high of 90, it's going to feel like more. Uh, low of 77. I think the heat index is up over 100. Okay. I mean, it's, so, it's going to be hot. It just, I mean, that's second week of September in New Orleans. You, you know, shouldn't be surprised by that fact. I don't think anybody is. So it's currently 92 in New Orleans and feels like 104 with 56% humidity. Yeah, that'll that's, do it. Probably basically what you're getting this weekend. It'll feel soupy. It will. You ever been to New Orleans where it didn't feel soupy? Uh, yes, Saturday. I've been. I've been in. I've been mid December a couple times. Yeah, it's not. It's not terrible then. Yeah, but you know what? I feel like it's even when it's cold in New Orleans. I feel like it's a thick cold. I mean, it's a, it's like a it's a humid cold, a, a wet cold. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Saturday high of a moist 93. cold. Low. Did you say it's moist? A moist cold. Is that what we're going uh, yeah, for? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Uh, ch- chance of thunderstorms on Saturday morning. Oh man, that uh, that that might like really ramp that humidity up. Love it. So, uh, good stuff there. Yeah, Michael I, I Pratt. By the way, so the 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 quarterback that that Lane Kiffin was. Highly complimentary of, and rightfully so. Again, coaches do coach speak. Kiffin was complimentary of Mercer, and come on. Um, he seems genuine in his praise, and he should be for, for Michael Pratt. It's He is going to be a really good test for this Ole Miss team if he's healthy. Willie Fritz said that he was fine. Uh, I guess it was yesterday in his press conference, but he he said he's fine and diverted completely away from talking about Michael Pratt, the media viewing period at practice he wasn't available for. And with all due respect to Willie Fritz, we have eyes. If you watch the end of that South Alabama game, he's not fine. That doesn't mean he's not going to play. It doesn't mean they're not going to shoot him up with something good, and he might feel great for three and a half hours on Saturday afternoon. That's not nothing. They called it a cramp after the game. It wasn't a cramp. 
He couldn't take the knees to end the game. Dude's hurt. What'd they do? He had to like awkwardly like it, it was weird. You got to go back and watch. Like he couldn't get down on the on the <laughs> he knee. Took the staff and just sat down. <laughs> just plopped. Um, but this is going to sound weird, and and I know some Ole Miss fans in one of my group messages didn't like that. I think this way, but I want I want him to be a hundred percent healthy. I I don't want him to be hurt. I want to see what this Ole Miss defense has, and no. Yulman Stadium is not a great atmosphere. I mean, it's not. And there's going to be a ton of Ole Miss fans there. I had a friend say to me earlier that it's going to be a hornet's nest. Like, yeah, maybe, but there's... Almost half the stadium is going to be wearing red, man. It's well, not going to be a difficult environment. I don't know if it's going to be that overwhelming, but it seats 30,000, and there will be five to 10,000 Ole Miss fans there. I would take the over, even. Okay. I mean, everybody I know is going. Every, which is anecdotal, but still. Um how you're, many people do you know, Borky? Not not that many. But but you're in Jordan Hare l- later on this season. You're in Starkville. You're in Tuscaloosa in two weeks. If the atmosphere at Yulman's going to bother you, then guess who's losing all of those games? So th- that's not going to be an issue. That, but that's a good point, Borky. There's only one place in the SEC where the visiting crowd has the ability to affect the outcome of a game, and that's in Nashville. It's Vanderbilt. It's the only place. Even even this year, uh, with the reduced capacity, it'll still be like that. But I want to know what this Ole Miss defense truly has. I, I want to see what Pete Golding actually is going to do. Because last Saturday, they were kind of messing around. It was either vanilla, they were messing around with personnel groupings, they played a bunch of guys. We have no idea what this Pete Golding defense, the 2023 version, looks like when it's trying yet. We have no idea. So I want to see that early to get a gauge of what they're going to be. But if Pratt's not healthy, then we're not going to get the the measure that, that I want this team to get this weekend. I want to know what they have. I'm not patient. I know we'll find out in Tuscaloosa. I want to find out Saturday what they're capable of. Hey, Dan, am I wrong for, for thinking that, um, yes. that, that Borky's <laughs> tough guy approach to this game is misguided? I don't care who the opponent is. I, I don't want to see them at their best. I want the team that I so, follow to have the best chance to win by a thousand. For our purposes here, professionally, it would be it would be good to see Ole Miss pass a, a tough test, play well against a good team, and and get the W. That's for professionally. That's great. As fans. And for you, you know, for you especially, Richard, yeah, you like. I, I don't want their best play. I don't want any of their best players to play. You, I want to beat them by seventy. I want to walk in here. Well, we don't know much about Ole Miss, but they're two and zero, and that's all that matters. That's what you want. So, yeah, when, when Ole Miss goes to Tuscaloosa, you know what I'd really like to see? But it's different. I'd really like to see J.C. Latham and Dallas Turner not play. That, that's different. That's Alabama. Yeah. This is Tulane. That, that's a totally different thing. If you can't beat Tulane with a full-strength Michael Pratt, you're not beating anybody on your you SEC know, schedule absent when, Vanderbilt. When, when Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt plays Mississippi State, I would love for the Bulldogs not to uh, not to run out Jaden Crumity and Jet Johnson and Buki Watson. 
Like, I don't want anything bad to happen to them long term. I just would like for them to, Stole. I don't know, have like a trip they to They overslept. Okay, that's yeah. different. Yeah, they overslept. Yeah, yeah. yeah. overslept totally and suspended. Yeah, that, that, that's what I would prefer. It's totally different. It's completely different. I understand that it's different. I understand that it's different. I, I guess my thought is... But... My, my, my thought but is the this. fact that you're having that conversation in your group text with your friends yeah. is a little odd. They, they didn't like they didn't like, like having it with us is one thing, but your friends should be like, don't don't you want them to the, win? The yeah. first response because again, it got sent into it. There, there's like eight guys in this one, and it got sent in there that the media didn't see pra- pra- practice. Media guy down there tweeted it. It got sent in there. I was the first reply and was like. Guys, I, I want to see what he's like because I want to know what almost has. My first reply, the first reply was, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, I mean, that would have like been a my lot, reply, okay. like a whole right, so, lot. So, but so let's rewind to last year with Ole Miss, off to a seven and zero start, not really tested a ton, and then you run into a more difficult part of the schedule, and you're like, "Oh, well, they're not as good as their seven and zero start was. There are deficiencies in these areas." What do you gain by knowing that four weeks earlier? I mean, is it like just to, to set expectations? Well, that I, I want to know set expectations. They, yeah, and but the if, thing is, if they had lost to Kentucky last year in Week Four, they would have been like, okay, I know they're not that good, so that makes my football season more enjoyable. But if if again, it's knowledge. I, I want to gain knowledge. But if, if okay. Ole Miss wins and it's forty-five thirty-five, that's that's probably not good. You're too professional, Borky. That's your now, But that's, that's probably not a good thing, honestly. If you're giving up 35 points to two, no, right. Alabama's going to score every possession. Well, I mean, it also yeah. it, right. it depends on how good you think Tulane is when it's all said and done. I mean, is like Tulane an 11-win football team that's going to be back in a, a access bowl and they're going to beat somebody good in the Cotton Bowl again or whatever bowl game it is? Uh, okay. Or... What if Ole Miss does dominate Tulane? Do you really learn anything about them? Yeah. Not everything. But, yeah, if they go down there and they win really comfortably and they pick Pratt off a couple times and and he really can't get a rhythm going and and you are comfortable and dominant and control the game, then, yes, you do learn something. That, okay, this team really is, you know, they're, they're good. How good? I don't know. But if it's uncomfortable, if it's a close game, if they're kicking a field goal to win at the end, then you know that, hey, these people that were thinking that they're going to win nine games, you're probably wrong. You can learn about floor more than you can learn about ceiling. I I think also back to to two years ago where Tulane had a chance to win on the final possession against Oklahoma on the road in week two, and then they come to Oxford next weekend and everybody's like, oh, man, did you see what they did last week against Oklahoma? And then Ole Miss hung 62 on them. They did, and like, that was a really good Ole Miss team. That was a good Ole Miss team. Turned out to be a not very good Tulane team, riddled with injuries. That was a big part yeah, of the story. Yeah, they got Yeah, they went 2-10. and ten. So, um, hey, Dad, are, are, are you hopeful that Arizona's best players will play this week when uh, the Wildcats roll into Starkville? Professionally or, or, or personally? Both. Professionally, I would like I would like to have a better idea of what Mississippi State is as a team. Personally, miss they can all miss the flight and take the forfeit. <laughs> Be no, healthy you for LSU. Game. I mean, you don't want to not have that game on Saturday night. 
Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We're back with you right after this. Listen to it at work. Network. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Hey, hey, mom, the way you move will make you sweat, will make you The hits keep coming for LSU, so they get smoked by Florida State. Brian Kelly gets exposed as a gigantic liar yesterday, and now flames are banned at their tailgating sites until further notice. (laughs) They won't. They won't be following that rule. Yeah, they will not be following that rule. It's got to be weather and, and, and dryness related and not anything other than that. Those but yeah. cookers and grills will be going. Though They won't be following that rule. Yeah, for the Grambling game, you can't have flames at your tailgate this weekend. Hmm. So there's something that we talked about, oh, good grief, it might have been a month ago. I think it's when it was when ESPN released their big announcement about all of the announcers for the season. And we saw that Dan Mullen was working with Matt Berry on the Thursday night games. And we just kind of opined that that could mean that you were going to have the former Bulldogs head coach as the analyst on the Egg Bowl. And people are all abuzz about that because Dan Mullen, in an interview with Stingray, okay, um, he mentioned that, hey, I'll be on the call for the Egg Bowl this year, working with Matt Berry, and that Thursday night crew. It hasn't always been that way. They haven't always used the Thursday night crew for that game. But, I mean, you know, a couple of years ago in Starkville, it was Joe Tessitore and uh, Greg McElroy. We've had uh, Mark Jones and Rod Gilmore. Huh. Huh. And, and others on the call for that game. So people are all um, in a bit of a kerfluffle about Dan Mullen as the analyst on the Egg Bowl. I I know that we mentioned it. I I don't know how deep we went into that. How's that going to go? I mean, Ole Miss fans have made their mind up going into it. My thought is, maybe I'm being really naive here, that outside of friendly Barb or two, probably set up by Matt Barry, is that Dan Mullen will be fairly professional on the call. I don't even expect a Barb. And I understand why Ole Miss fans are, are upset at his presence on the broadcast. I totally get that. And frankly, they're justified in that but they, anger. But if Dan Mullen wants to continue making a lot of money being on television, he will not take shots at Ole Miss on an Ole Miss broadcast. He won't do it. I, I think it'll go the exact same. I think it'll go the exact same way it goes with you when you broadcast Mississippi State games. He's going to be professional, and now he might because he is Dan Mullen and he has a, a, a part in the Egg Bowl's history. Yeah, it's possible he'll make a joke, 
But if we, if you think he's just going to be in there going, well, when I was there, you know, they were cheating left and right and buying players, yeah. and yeah. Hugh Freeze is a terrible. None of that's going to happen. So, I, I agree with that. Um, and, and again, I I could see Matt Barry, who is a pretty good guy and is a huge advocate for college football. I could see him setting up Dan Mullen for kind of a ha ha funny, you know, yeah. jab barb whatever. But if you think Dan Mullen. Borky, I disagree. I think if he took shots at Ole Miss, somebody at ESPN might be like, hey, turn tune it down or turn it down a notch. Or, okay, we probably don't need to put Mullen on that game again, but he wouldn't lose his job over it. It wouldn't be a smart move on his part. And somebody yeah. is comparing him to Cole. Well, Cole Kublik did it. He didn't, he didn't blast Ole Miss, as the, the texter said it. Mullen, I mean, look, if Ole Miss is playing poorly and he says, that wasn't good. That's not him blasting Ole Miss because he is the former yeah. Mississippi State coach. That's I just Bear, I don't think he'll be unprofessional because it's what yeah. he does for Barry a living. should say if Barry does the research, you say, Yeah, the last time you were here with a microphone, it was on the field. <laughs> should yeah. get him that you set him up for that. Yeah. Um the the fact of the matter is, if you watched at all, Mullen's pretty good in an analyst role. He sees a lot. He communicates well. Maybe you don't like his voice. Maybe you. Maybe all you hear when he talks is, "Hey, Dad," going, "Well, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what you hear when he talks because you've heard "Hey, Dad" say it so many times. But I think when it's all said and done, you're going to find out that he's a pretty good analyst. Maybe a better yeah. analyst than a coach. Possible. Um, we'll see. We uh, we will see. I do think that he will be professional, though, when it comes to that. And I think they'll have fun. I mean, he he brings a perspective. He will bring a perspective to that broadcast that nobody has ever had before, unless it was like a a, a local broadcast, you know, a, a tape delay or a replay for CSS or something like that. So. We'll uh, we'll see. Uh, Lucas at Union says he may have said he's going to be on the call, but ESPN hasn't set the crew yet for the Egg Bowl. That's true. 100% true. Are you coming to the Egg Bowl? Probably so. I mean, it depends on where where I'm going and where my flight is the next day and how the season is. There are a lot of factors to determine that between now and then. But, yes, most likely I will come to Starkville for the Egg Bowl. Sports, can you get me in? We'll be right back. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. o'clock hour on this Wednesday at Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl, uh, Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Book your tee time online for the Oaks or the Azaleas, both 18-hole championship golf courses at DancingRabbitGolf.com. That's DancingRabbitGolf.com. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydab. Thanks for being with us. You want to be part of the conversation? 
Ceasefire text line is open at 601-879-4395. Introducing the new Connect and Protect plan from Ceasefire. The phone your kids want with easy-to-use parental controls for you. It's just $30 a month with AutoPay. Connect and Protect gives you tools to easily track your kids' location, restrict content, limit screen time, and help protect them online. Plus, right now, you can get iPhone 12 for less than $11 a month or get a free TCL Stylus 5G no trade-in needed. Learn more at cspire.com. Cspire, customer-inspired. It's time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Check out the savings that's available during the summer sales event that is wrapping up soon. You can do that at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Arizona and Mississippi State. Saturday night, under the lights, Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville. Mr. Haydad. Yes. What are the three things that you are most interested in learning about the hometown Bulldogs on Saturday night. Can they run the football on a on a Power Five team? You know, it's one thing to run it on, on an FCS team, but you need to be able to do it. You know, Arizona's defensive line is probably what the between eight and ten of of the teams that are left on the schedule. You know, it's definitely better than Western Michigan's, but so, you know, so how you, much better you, is you, it than? You legitimately mean can they? Like, are they able to? Not will they? Are they? Are they successful? The yeah. Oh no, I know they will. Yeah, but are they going to be above 150, 160 yards rushing, 180 yards rushing? What What is the number going to be? So that's the first thing for me. Um, I want to learn, or what I want to, I guess, would be how they're going to rotate their slot receivers, because those are the three most talented guys they have on offense. Is 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 Tula Griffin, Xavion Thomas, and Creed Whitmore? Those are your three playmakers at the receiver position. But they all play the slot, and we're sort of where we were a few years. I remember last year when we were like, "Why can't they just move Tulu inside?" I don't know if they're going to be like, "Well, why can't we just move Xavion and Tulu or Creed outside and go and figure it out?" I don't know the answer to that question, but I want to see what they do. And then, you know, I don't have a whole lot of questions about the defense. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about my knowledge there. I want to see this kid Kyle Ferry, the kicker. Can he do it again? You know, it's it's great that he kicked a couple field goals last week, and you know that that happens. But can you go out there and do it again if, if they need you? Can you can you hit from forty five plus? You know, I want to see I want to see if he can make it two weeks in a row. So running the ball, success, moving guys around or throwing it down the field. How do you categorize that? I, I'm, it's more about the, the rotation. What does it look like? You okay. know, because I feel like you got to get these guys some some reps, but I don't know how you do it. So, and then kicking game. How how reliable yeah. is a uh, a freshman kicker with the stakes a little bit higher in uh, in some bigger moments? Okay, I think that's three good things. Borky, three things you want to learn about Ole Miss this weekend in New Orleans. I think quarterbacks a free space, so so we'll say it and move on. We're not counted as one of the three. Will Jackson Dart still look as comfortable operating the offense against an opponent that is not Mercer? So free space, push that aside. Of course, we're we're looking at that. Number one to me is pass rush. They were not good at getting after the quarterback last year. 
both in personnel, injuries helped with Cedric Johnson being hurt for most of the year, and also scheme. You bring in Pete Golding to, and the transfers that they did to get after the quarterback. You're not winning games in the SEC if you can't get after the quarterback, and this guy can carve you up if you let him sit in the pocket all day and throw the football. So where's it going to come from? Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Cedric Johnson, who you know, was disruptive last week, but still missing tackles? When he's got sack opportunities, he has to complete the opportunity. Being disruptive is a good thing, but you've got to be disruptive to completion. And that's kind of an issue of his. Is it going to be Jared Ivey, second year in the system? Are they going to have to generate pass rush from linebackers? I don't know, but can they get after a quarterback? Because they struggled so much with that last year. I know it's not the same as Alabama. Tulane would probably trade all five of their offensive linemen for Alabama's, but we can still get a good look of if they can actually do it. Because last year's team would have struggled rushing the passer against this Tulane team. Outside of Cedric Johnson? Outside of him. Now, again, he's got to finish the play, but he can't be the only guy that is good at getting after the quarterback. They need others to also be productive there. Because if they're not, then you can just you know, double chip, whatever, keep Johnson out of the play, and then you're screwed. Yeah. Um, it's good stuff. We, we on the uh, on the ceasefire text line, um, somebody said, I want to see how we use Mike Wright. Does he throw some? That's a good one. I think uh, he'll definitely get... throw a pass this week. Okay. Um, 10 to 15 touches a game, minimum. Yeah. 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 Let, I agree. Let him I cook. Agree. Get another one that says, You will see Mike Wright in the slot this week. Do you agree with that, Hayden? Possibly. I mean, Mike Wright in the slot is a better idea than Will Rogers split out wide. I'll put it that way. I don't feel like you're playing with 10 guys doing that. Here's my question, though, on that. Because people did that with Plumlee. When he was at a, well, put Plumlee in the slot. Well, you know, when you put him in the slot, you're taking snaps away from wide receivers. And does Mississippi State have an issue in the slot with with ability? No. So, so no, if you put him in the it, slot, it, it, when he's not a wide receiver, you're taking slot reps away from wide receivers when you could use him more effectively. You're just trying to set up a big play. You're, you know, you can't you can't bring him out there, put him in the slot, and then immediately do a double pass. Right? Everybody's looking for it on the first play. You got to run some plays with him at the slot. Let him get out there in the pass patterns, and then eventually you can go back to it and get your get a trick play, get a, and get a big play. You hope. That's how you have to set that up. You can't you can't bring the guy in and go like, oh yeah, we're not we're not we're not throwing to him. Don't look over there, and then do it, you know, or just put him in the backfield where he's comfortable and let him cook. I'm not sure that yeah. I buy into the whole you're taking reps. I mean, like I mean, I get that like on a uh, an intellectual level, technically you are taking a rep away from a slot receiver if you put Mike right there, but you're putting there him there for a reason, and, right. and so if you cost 10 reps over the course of the game to a slot receiver who you already know what you've got, but there's a reason that you do it, either to see what you've got with Mike Wright in that position. Does he create a mismatch with a safety? 
does he give you the ability to uh, take the defense's eyes somewhere that they wouldn't otherwise be so that you can go a different direction? Does he have the defense looking for something that is maybe not even in your playbook because he's out of there? Because he's out there and therefore it opens something else up. I mean, like, I can see value in putting him in that position, even at the expense of Tulu Griffin gets four fewer snaps and Xavier Thomas gets three fewer snaps at that spot. Does that make sense? It does. It just, they're really good at what they do and keeping them off the field for the sake of possibly setting up a double pass. Yeah, but he might be really good in that position as well. He might. And, and you can't find out if you don't put him out there in a game setting. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't just learn that in practice, I don't think. Um, somebody said maybe, uh, let's see, you will see Mike Wright in the slot this week. He'll have a run pass option. He will not be going out for passes, run decoy pass, maybe five plays in the slot, it's installed. If if he's not going out in the pattern, then why is he in the slot? Put him in the backfield. Yeah, then then you use him as like a flex or an H-back or something. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. message says Will Rogers needs to catch a pass on film to give every team that Mississippi State plays for the rest of the year. You can really only do that. Something that needs to be a red zone thing where, where he catches it either in the end zone or at the one. Because he... If you let him, if you let catch it at like the thirty, and you let him, you know, somebody take a shot at him, you don't want that. I mean, what what do you mean, Will Rogers catch a pass like run a route? You, you want Will Rogers to run mean, a route against yeah. a, an SEC defensive well, back? You could, you <laughs> and then do, throw him the ball. Run, people, people run people run decoy plays like that where you sweep him out one way and you throw it back across the field or something. We're talking about Will Rogers here. I mean, I know. I'm just saying, you can run it. You can run the play. Yeah, but but hold on. Let's let's not be narrow mind so narrow minded that we don't acknowledge the fact that a lot of times play calling is about setting up something else. Yeah, there's a lot. Mississippi Sports Talk, Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Continuing the conversation about Mississippi State and Arizona, 6.30 Central Time kickoff on Saturday night in Starkville. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky with you. Let's go Back to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Jason Shear covers Arizona for Wildcat Authority. That's a 24-7 sports site that covers Arizona. Jason, thanks for uh, for a few minutes of your time this afternoon. So you wrote a, a notebook where you talked about Arizona's defense being ready for a, a major test against this Mississippi State offense. I'm curious... If you think the bigger test for Arizona is the defense dealing with State's offense or Arizona's offense dealing with Mississippi State's defense? You know, the, the, they're, pretty, they're pretty similar. I, I think the big test is, is Arizona's defense. I mean, this is a defense that was literally one of the worst in the country last season. Um, I know in the meeting last year was actually the offense that, that hurt Arizona quite a bit, but... Um, to be able to go on the road against SEC athletes and the athletes that Mississippi State has, 
Uh, it feels like the bigger challenge is the defense. This is a defense that was completely rebuilt from last season. Um, the opening game of the season was Northern Arizona, which isn't a real test. And so we're going to find out a, a lot more about this defense and how Arizona rebuilt it uh, against the Mississippi State team that's going to challenge it in quite a few ways. So in terms of differences from a year ago, is it primarily personnel or is it also scheme? Uh, it's personnel. I mean, it, I, I, the whole defensive line is different. It's made up of transfers except for one player. Um, one of the, the two linebackers is a transfer, and the second linebacker that returned wasn't even playing in the Mississippi State game. Uh, the secondary is new. The depth is new. I mean, it is just a, a complete personnel overhaul. Uh, the scheme is very different. It's still mostly going to be zone with a little bit of man, but um, you know, it, I do believe that the defense is able to do some things that it wasn't able to do at times last year because of the personnel differences. Jason, uh, a season ago, I thought that Jaden Delore did a great job of escaping pressure at times in this game, but was sort of loath to go down the field and run. He tried to force balls into coverage, and that's why he ended up throwing three interceptions. Is he more likely this year to take off and run when he gets outside of the pocket? Because Mississippi State has had times at, at times has had trouble with with quarterbacks uh, in their mobility. Yeah, I mean that that's actually still talked about because you know if you go back and watch that game. There were clear running lanes for Jaden Delora, and and he just wouldn't take them. He just he just wanted to to sit there and and, and throw the ball, which is fine. But um, that that led to to a, a few very costly mistakes. And since then, they've really worked at saying, look, even if you run for three or four yards, it's still better than than throwing an interception. And in, in the season opener, they actually ran a, a a read option play where he kept it, and he ran for a fifty three yard touchdown. And you know, I, I don't think. I wouldn't classify him as a running quarterback. I think he's sneaky and he's able to kind of get away from pressure, but he's never going to be a guy that runs, you know, 15 times for 100 yards. Um, the, the key is making the right play, whether that's throwing it out of bounds, whether that's, you know, taking the three yards on the ground and, and moving on with it. That's been the, the big emphasis for Delora is, you know, living to play another day. And I think that Mississippi State game, Last year was the biggest example of him not recognizing, you know, hey, I, I could take this play and I'll have another as opposed to trying to kind of make every play, you know, everything happen on one play and, and turning the ball over. Visiting with Jason Shear from the Arizona 24-7 site, Wildcat Authority, talking about Mississippi State and Arizona coming up on Saturday night in Starkville. Clearly there, there's a process here for, for Jed Fish, right? I mean, 1-11 in, in, in 2021, they improved to 5-7 and seven a year ago. But within that 5-7, and seven, I thought Arizona, Jason, looked different in the second half of the year. I know, I know they only won two of the final six, or two of the final three, if you want to break it down that way. But I thought they were competitive against UW. I, I thought they were competitive against Southern Cal. Maybe not so much against Utah, and then they get the win on the road against UCLA. They, they win the Terrial, uh, Territorial Cup against Arizona State at the at the end of the year. What was different with Arizona in the second half of the season than the first half of the year last year? Yeah, you know, I, I think it, it just it, it came down to it, – it's hard to say, but it, it, it did feel like something clicked, like towards okay. the end of the year. And um, it was a certain confidence, and it, and it always felt like Arizona – needed a win for it to kind of realize, hey, like, you can do this. And, and UCLA was a big moment for the program. Going to UCLA, 
and winning that football game and playing really well in that game was a big moment because Jed Fish needed that type of performance to say, like, hey, what I'm telling you is, is right. Um, it's just eventually it has to kind of show up on the field. And guys started clicking, and the defense played pretty well. I mean, it, it was really, really bad for most of the season, um, but it, it actually played better in those last three games. And, you know, when you look at it, like, the offense, for the most part, played well almost every game. And, and there were games, you know, the Cal game sticks out where – Arizona scored 40-something points and still lost to Cal because it just could not stop the offense of Cal, which, which wasn't even a good offense. And so, um, you know, it, as long as the defense put an average performance up, Arizona was always going to have a chance to win. And against UCLA, the defense played well. Arizona won that game. And then ASU, same deal. The defense forced turnovers and played well. When the defense, it, it'll be the same thing this, this season. When the defense puts forth an average game, Arizona's going to probably have a chance to win. So, Jason, I feel like for a long time, and, and I know this is going back maybe a, a decade or, or more, part of the identity of Arizona football was, was defense. And, and you, you heard Bear Down, and, and I know it's a larger slogan, but I felt like it was kind of specifically applied to, to the defense. Do, do Arizona fans um, – does that defensive identity mean a lot, or has college football changed so much that like we don't care whether it's defense or offense, just go win games? Yeah, I still think there's a part of of Arizona fans that want this to be. I don't want to say a dominant defense. I mean, look, when Dick Tomey was here years ago, it was all defense. I mean, offense yeah. was almost irrelevant. We're going to beat you running the ball and with defense, and if we punt it, so be it. We'll just get the ball back. And college football has changed so much. Since then, that I think, you know, unless you're Georgia, but even Georgia has a great offense. I mean, you're, it's very hard to have dominant defenses in college football. I think people want to see, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. I just think people want are tired of losing games because of defense. And, and so, I mean, even if, like, I know on the message boards, the talk is, let's just try to have an average defense this year. And, 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 and it's realistic. I mean, I, I don't think anyone wants or expects, I know they want, but I don't think they expect Arizona to be a dominant defense. It's just that let's not lose games because Arizona is so bad defensively. And, um, you know, if Arizona became a really good defensive team and the offense kind of faltered a little bit, I don't, I don't think people would be super upset about it. It's just a matter of what's going to win you football games. You know, Jason, thank goodness we've gotten to, to actual games and the, the conference realignment conversation has, has quieted down. But Arizona was very much a, a part of that story, moving to the uh, to the Big 12 next year. Uh, it's different, right? I mean, Arizona very much a, an integral part of the Pac-12 for a really long time, especially in basketball, but, but in football too. What, what does it feel like for Arizona fans, for – your message board subscribers, are, are people excited, just glad to have a, a home and not be wandering? What's the what's kind of the overall emotion? Yeah, I mean, I, I think people are excited because it's it's new, you know, and, it, and it's exciting, especially with this basketball, and this town's a big basketball town. Um, going to the Big 12 for basketball is going to be crazy for, for Arizona fans. But, you know, for football, it's, it's something, it, it's new, and it's, it's weird. I mean, this season is, is absolutely strange you know i have friends saying like they're going to go to the usc game mostly because who knows when arizona is going to play at usc again after this and you know they're going to washington state and who knows when those teams are going to play again after that so it has a a weird kind of a a last hurrah type of feel 
Um, you know, and when once conference play starts, it's you know we we just don't know. Like we don't know when these teams are going to play again, and and they played so many times over the years, and there's so many great rivalries and great memories, and you know it's it's time to start new ones. But I think that this season overall just kind of has a, a strange feel to it. Yeah, nothing says college football excitement like a road trip to UCF for Arizona, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and it's like you know, it's it, it's there's so many like you know, Judd Fish, for instance, and um, he said he's only been to Starkville once, and I'm assuming that once Big Twelve play starts, there's going to be a lot of towns that he has never been to. I think yeah. he said the only one he's been to was was UCF, and and so it's it's different. Like it's just planning. You know, if you're a fan. It's very easy to get in the car and, and go to California from here and go catch UCLA and USC. Uh, it's much harder on a Big 12 road trip to just get in the car and go see a team play. So it's probably going to take some time to adjust to, but um, that's just the new reality that we're in. I mean, never mind getting to Orlando. It's hard to get to Lubbock. So we'll see how this uh, this plays out in the future. Jason, really appreciate your time and some insight on the uh, Arizona program, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. That's Jason Shear from the Arizona 24-7 site. Wildcat Authority, Mississippi State, and Arizona. 6.30 Saturday night at Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville. we got more coming up with you. Half an hour left. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. If you're looking for Ole Miss news and only Ole Miss news, may I direct you to the Rebel Report podcast hosted oh, by that. Michael Borky. It's available That's wherever great. you get your podcasts. You, uh, you you can get it. It's free, <laughs> and uh, it'll uh, keep you up to date. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all you got to do is ask. We got you covered, man. It's easy. Uh, similarly, if you want Mississippi State information, you can get the Thunder and Lightning podcast hosted. Go ahead. I'll, I'll get ready for tonight's show. Go ahead. Hosted by Brian Haydad. And you got thunder and lightning on the radio when we get finished about uh, a little less than half an hour from right now. Do you have a guest tonight? First off, Richard Cross, I don't need a guest, all right? You're talking to the biggest star in the Super Talk universe, all right? I'll carry that show just fine without a guest. Don't so, need them. Don't you, want them. What are we going to talk about tonight? Nobody will join you. How dare you imply that I am lazy, the hardest working man at Super Talk. Now, tonight's show, obviously, we're talking Arizona, we're talking southeastern Louisiana, but also a big day today for the Bulldog Initiative. We'll talk about their day and what's going on with them as well. I tried to get Charlie to join me, but that man's making deals. He's too busy. That's fine. Thunder and Lightning, 6 o'clock. Don't miss it. Yeah. Thank you, Orky. Uh, what's going on with the Bulldog Initiative? 
Uh, they announced uh, in the past uh, week. Well, so, uh, let's go back. Uh, Mississippi State Athletic Director Zach Selman uh, announced uh, last week that the Bulldog Initiative is now uh, the official collective of Mississippi State Athletics, which, I mean, that was it's been unofficial for a year now. Okay. Uh, but in doing so, and then after making that announcement in this past week, uh, the Bulldog Initiative has uh, put up a, a record number of gifts and pledges, almost a total of $1.3 million coming in in the last five days. There you go. Very good. So, Very good. Good news for them. Ceasefire text line, y'all call Richard by his first name and Borky and Haydad by their last name. Is that a hierarchy thing, like the peasants are only referred to by their last name? When Borky eventually <laughs> takes over the show, will he start being called Michael? No. Huh? No. I, I told him in the Twix, I said, all, all, every, all of my friends call me Haydad. The only people who call me Brian are related to me by blood. An assistant football or coach. my wife. At my high school graduation, was reading the names, and he was the wide receivers coach. So, like, we didn't really interact much. I played linebacker; he was just kind of over there. We knew each other, but you know, when he read my name to go across the stage as I'm walking by, he goes, "So that's your first name?" Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Mike in Madison. That promo for TNL was electric. Nice job, hey dad. Opposite end of the spectrum. What a dork. <laughs> I, like the, I like Mike and Madison better. Uh, Dwayne and Brandon says, I wish Hey Dad would have his show in one of those wrestling outfits. I think it's called a singlet, Dwayne. I think that's what you're looking well, for. Well, not all of them are singlets. No, Some nobody. of them are just covering up the, the bottom stuff. It's just, just the trunks. If I was going to yeah. do that, I'd go with like the Yokozuna pants and the, 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 the kimono. No, I think the singlet is the uh, the right way to go for you. Let me get that. Get those. Get you in a Borat bikini. That'll be really something. Mm. Very nice. Ah, uh, yes, yes, and uh, yes, indeed. <laughs> Kenny and Weston says he loves the Rebel Report. David and West Point loves the Led Zeppelin. Thanks, Michael. How could you not? Mm. Yeah, it's Led Zeppelin. Zach Zach Arnett's listening to the show today. He's fired up. Uh, also, so when my son calls me and says, "Hey, Dad." I laugh a little every time. Nice. Yeah. My kids say, hey, Dad, and I'm just like, yeah, I am. You are, too. Yes. It's a constant It's a constant dad joke at all times in my house. And I bet they love it every time, don't they? They do. Oh, they yeah. do. Uh, we have two things to get to. One, Michael Borky failed miserably earlier. I didn't hey, Dad. Hey, Dad did yeah. quite well. I asked Hey, Dad a question. I was like, hey, tell me three things you're looking for in Starkville this weekend uh, uh, for Mississippi State. And he very succinctly gave me three things. I, I was like, hey, Borky, tell me three things you're looking for in New Orleans this week for Ole Miss. And he gave me one thing, and it lasted 45 minutes. And then in the break, he was like, hey, we got two more things to get to. I was like, hey, we hey. only got 30 <laughs> minutes left in the show, buddy. I'm a detail-oriented Pal. guy, all right? Pat Pass rush is Chief really boss. important, okay? Um, and all right, boss, what you got for us? Two more things that you're looking for. Next one's wide receivers. I Let's mean, go, buddy. Everybody loves what they saw from Trey Harris, as they should. I mean, considering the no receivers doubt, that have come through uh, through Ole Miss, breaking a touchdown record, regardless of opponent, is impressive. But actually, you know what? What is he really capable of? And this week, probably still not going to be enough to know like what his ceiling actually is. But um. 
he we already know what Jordan Watkins can do. Just him being healthy is important, but but specifically Trey Harris, he looked like a world beater. But is he that? What is his ceiling actually? Well, I think we'll find out more of that this weekend. That's something that I'm watching really closely. Is can he still right. get open? Is he still physically dominant and uh, stuff like that? And finally, linebacker play. All right, sport, go ahead. What's the next one? Um, <laughs> Centarian Perkins looked good against Mercer, but it's Mercer. How much are they going to depend on him? Is Ladarius Tennyson back? You know, what what are the rotations looking like at linebacker? And who are they going to depend on there? Is it going to be more of a Monty Montgomery show than it was last week? Because again, they played everybody because it was Mercer. Who are they what if they just have amazing depth? That yeah, I get it's possible as well. But but even teams with amazing depth uh, usually play some guys more than, than others. Who are they going to be? The rotations told us nothing last Saturday. Is Perkins actually going to be a guy that plays a good bit? What's Monty Montgomery's transition like with all, all that stuff? I, I'm watching pass rush. I'm watching Trey Harris specifically, and I'm watching linebackers. If you take away the free space, that is quarterback. Borky is like the preacher that says, "I'm almost finished." And then goes for another 20 minutes. <laughs> Nobody at Borky's church has beaten anybody to lunch. Th- th- this is a three-hour three hour radio program. Being short-winded is bad we could have given for you, three hours. Th- just, just we could have given you there. an hour on each detail. You could have had it, uh, Each detail could have gotten its own hour. You know? I could have taken the day off. It would have been incredible. If you're See? willing to peel back the layers of the onion there, Mr. <laughs> really Haydad. get in there. I mean, there, yeah. are, there are radio programs all around that just scratch mm. the surface, and, and even then they barely do it, and it's garbage. Here, we, we like it detail. Is, it is. We do like detail. What, um... Chief. What Will Hall decided to uh, put Lane Kiffin's name in his mouth... In an interview with uh, the Eagle Hour earlier this week, is, isn't that what the kids say? Yeah, get, I don't know, man. That's not what mouth. Richard Cross needs to say, though. I'll put it that way. It didn't sound right when coming out of your mouth. I'll say, yeah, that. well, you know, I was I was trying to say it in a way that sounded incredibly awkward. You're so I hip. I, I, I think I uh... was that the you Macarena are a disaster today. Hey, Dad, are you just doing uh, the I'm Macarena? All over the place. Well, I was doing the Dr. Evil. I'm hip. Oh, I see. Anyway, oh, audio? Yeah, give me anyway, some no play context. the audio. Give me some Back no to context. You talked about audio. Norvell was, was not able to win as quickly as you wanted to. You know, some Southern Miss people, you know, Coach Hall, they're not, you know, you haven't won as quickly as people would like it to. Talk about the relationship you, that any coach has to have with an administration when a president or an AD might be saying, look, Coach, I'm getting a lot of heat from my fan base here. we got to kick this thing in the butt. Yeah, you know, I think I think on the fronting end, you know, you you got to know, you know, I, I tell all my young coaches all the time, whenever you take a head job, make sure that you're going to be able to win, you know, because, you know, unless your name's Kiffin, you usually only get one shot, you know, and, and like, I mean, if that shot doesn't, if that shot is not good and you're not ready for it, you're I don't know what possessed Will Hall, but man, I want to. I want to buy to that. That was great. Uh, there were people that were offended by Lane. that. Oh, I'm sure. I, Lane Kiffin did have a response. He said, "I have the utmost respect for Coach Hall and his program, and uh, you know, whatever." Yeah, <laughs> it's a funny jab, 
But um, it is a funny jab. I, let's I don't not even pretend know that if it's a jab, really. But but it's it's not accurate. Lane Kiffin keeps getting jobs because he wins, man. I mean that, that he's a. But there there was a is. time where like he lost. He wasn't good at USC. Then he got the Raiders job. That early in his career, he just kept he getting those, jobs. Yeah, I was just like maybe the other way around, but yeah. He got yeah, the Raiders yeah. and then but, Tennessee. But after, after yeah, yeah. USC, he had to yeah. go to the Nick Saban School of Coaching Rehab where he got berated on the sidelines for three years and then had to go to uh, Florida Atlantic. I mean, it, it's not like he went from getting fired at the tarmac to the old Miss job. I mean, he had, again, he was Nick Saban's little, I'm going to scream at you for fun when we're winning 55-3 to guy. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Lane Kiffin energy is Still jokes. funny. Are, are really are still funny. Yeah, they're funny, funny too. That's pretty. They they are, but how about the contrast between what he is when things are going well on game day? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the whole jumping and the throwing. He's the got some juice. Sheet, yeah, and, I mean, there, there's some juice yeah. there. He 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 just saves it up. You get for Twitter Kiffin on the sidelines. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi wrapping it up next. What we're gonna do right here is go back. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. So Borky this morning posted the uh, the clip on Twitter of our conversation yesterday about the um, uh, attendance in Starkville this weekend and the wide availability of tickets for that ballgame. And there were a lot of responses to that. A lot of responses to that. Um. <laughs> Brandon Walker responded to it. He said, the most accessible team in the SEC. We're the people's team. <laughs> That's right. right. Okay. Um, Seth says it's been widely communicated that traffic and parking around Davis-Wade has gotten worse, and the university doesn't seem interested in improving that. Folks might want to go but refuse to walk a mile to get to and from the stadium. The parking's the same as it was last year. Now, now this past weekend, they did shut down a couple of the grass lots near the stadium because the rain was so heavy. They knew they would, it would just tear everything up. But I don't think park – you know what, though? Just put it on the list. Just put it on the on the excuse list for me. Well, parking, dove hunting, grandma's cooking for us this weekend. Whatever it is, just put it on the list. Avery said, I thought the crowd for the opener was pretty good. Not a sellout, but being I there felt and looked nah. pretty full and loud. At least 15,000 empty seats. Did you say 50,000? 15, 15. 50 would be a, a, an interesting one. I think there were more than 10,000 people at the game. <laughs> that would be a problem. Yeah, that would be newsworthy. Um, somebody said, make hotels more affordable, not $500 a night. Boom, fixed it. You earned my business. When? Oh, I can't. It, it's true. I can't fix that one. Staying weekends in Oxford and Starkville is absurd. It's stupid. But, but since I've lived here... It's always been. And and now, you know, people went to the games in the 80s, and it was probably much more accessible. But but I moved here in 2014, and that has been a complaint that I've heard since, or excuse me, in 2010. That's been a complaint that I've heard since that day, is staying the weekend is 
incredibly expensive. That that's it not is. new. Yeah. Bulldog Graphics responded. He said college football is more expensive than it's ever been while being the least convenient. Number two, state being a seven to nine win team used to be exciting. Now it's the norm. And uh, three, this is the third best home game in a four week span. Well, in three games two years ago, what are we, it's the norm though. Okay. But especially nine games. I mean that that doesn't happen every yeah. year. But I mean, what, what we, again, just just uh, winning too much. Put it on the list. College football is expensive. It is. But when, when the, the video is saying the tickets are $6, you can't use too expensive. I mean, that kind of falls flat. When If you're driving from Jackson, yes, gas is expensive and all that. But to go to the game, it, it's, you know, digging your, your couches. Nelson had a, uh, had a response to the parking is bad. He said, the big rolling houses you see around town on game days are called buses. They have seats on them. For you to ride. Yeah. They are free. Below is a map with live tracking of each bus on its route. If you wanted to be there, you would. Yeah. Somebody said patience. It's coming. Well, we'll see Saturday. And if not Saturday, then another Saturday. Something that well, is next valid Saturday is against LSU. not the second weekend of Duff season. I guess, yeah. The third weekend is the one where everybody's like, I've had enough of these gosh darn doves. It is valid that you know, LSU is, is in town the, <laughs> the week after. The freezer is full. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's getting close to deer season, though. I can't go now. And then There were some that were like, Arizona doesn't move the needle. It should. It should. I mean... I... Put it on the, put it on the list, Borky. It, it Arizona is, doesn't move the needle. It's a power five opponent. already. Is a power five opponent that I think is going bowling this year with a quality quarterback on a nice night. So not only do you expect to win the game, but it's a good thing when you do. I don't know. It's, as a fan, that's awesome. It's like it's a it's a, a noteworthy team when the game is over. If Mississippi State covers the spread, I'm going to come back here on Monday and say good quality win. That that's an impressive win for Zach Arnett in his second game as the full time head coach. Or not, if State wins against Arizona, another pa- Power Five team in Week Two of the season, it was a good win. I suppose there are varying degrees of good. There are, but you go win this game, and it was it was a good day. It's a good day at the office. Um. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. If you are a Mississippi State fan and you want a great golf shirt with a logo that you love, Brian, hey, Dad, show them. There it is. Hey, Dad there it is. is wearing Look at the, this bad boy. Hey, Dad is wearing the maroon with white stripe performance polo from Genteel with the interlocking MSU logo you can get that online at genteelapparel.com. If you don't see that particular shirt, you can reach out to them. They do have the uh, the license for it and updating the website and getting it to uh, – retailers, uh, Genteel retailers in Mississippi that carry Mississippi State stuff have been clamoring with their reps yeah. at Genteel to get that shirt in stock, and they are getting them out as quickly as they can. I promise you that's how I am wearing the best-looking MSU polo in the city of Starville today. I'll guarantee it. Yeah. You want one of those with an old Miss logo? You can get that as well. Genteelapparel.com. Thanks to our friends at Genteel. Thunder and lightning on the radio coming up next. If you wanted to guess, sorry, you're stuck with Haydad for an hour. Good night.
It's incredible. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.